the Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If the storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's the biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you guys know what time it is. Welcome back for another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Um, this is Two Chains here. It has been a while. I think I took a little bit of an absence because of a cold, but I'm back. I'm ready to podcast. I'm ready to talk about the state of the WWE and all things around it. I'm here with the good people, Mr. D. Wayne himself. Hello. What up? What's up? What's up? Um, D. Wayne, you want to take a second um, to um, let the fans know what um, members of the big Go Belt Wrestling podcast will be um, doing this Saturday? <coughs> Alright, so, I think I shared this on Twitter, like, sometime last week, but this Saturday, um, members who are local to the D.C. area, we are doing a, a Autism Speaks walk to raise awareness of autism. Um, as you may or may not know, if you follow us on Twitter, you will know that uh, my son was diagnosed with autism last year when he was two years old. And since then, I mean, we've been, you know, trying to get him um, the, the therapy and whatever he needs to, you know, really just... <laughs> I don't want to say disease, I want to say this obstacle. Um, but um, we want to just make everyone aware of it. I mean, one in, six, one in um, eight, 68 kids have it right now, and um, it's even worse in minority communities. Something that we should raise awareness for and let them know that even though kids might be autistic, they all want one thing, they just want to be accepted. They want to live as long as they possibly can. I def- definitely, so, definitely appreciate that you sharing that with everybody. Yeah, no problem, man. I, and I and I think like um, uh, from my background, you know, I wasn't familiar with it. But the bottom line is, no matter if you're familiar with it or not, like like the statistics are there. Somebody of somebody is affected by it, and you know, and the and the biggest thing about it is just to swear, it's just to spread awareness. And you know, members of this podcast, we're we're definitely um, have our ears and hearts out to society. So, whenever we can get together to do something to spread awareness for whatever it may be, we definitely take part in it. So, you know, if anybody's in the DMV area and you know want to come out. Uh, DC and um, Liberty Square, I think it is called, about nine o'clock on Saturday morning. You know, definitely send us a DM or just come out with some friends and 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 have a good time. Like it's it's it's, it's good to be around people that all has a sense and pride for wanting to have a better life for for children, and nobody can argue that. Oh, of course. I mean, it's it, when the walk itself starts at 10 a.m. Saturday morning. Um, registration starts at 8:30 a.m. and it's on Sixth Street, Northwest DC National Mall. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. You're at National Mall. You're right. If, so if you can make it, the more the merrier. Um, we have a group from about... Ten. Mm-hmm. Go coming. So, again, the more the merrier. And we just want to spread awareness. And even, you can even donate to... If you don't have, you know... The, the time to walk with us you can donate to the cause um again that's donate to um autism speaks and it'll be very much appreciated it goes to basically giving out the um increasing awareness of um autism and helping families out to helping families out so they can afford autism treatment because with autism treatment, it's very, very expensive and it's extra cost. So any way possible. And and like we do and like we will be doing for each month, um, we will be changing our banner in awareness as well too. So expect to see that change come October first. Um, but we have other members of the crew here today. Uh, Mr. Silly Sellis is here. What's going on, fam? Uh, I, I've been a little vacay too myself, just so so busy uh, with things going on uh, in school, out of school, and, and just to add to what Dwayne said, um, just a testament that for the first six years or first seven years actually of my career, I've always taught in a school that was autism based, or at least had an autistic background, autistic uh, section of the school. So just bringing awareness to autism is very real, and I just hope people understand and support what's going on, and just transcending to. Saturday, which will be October 1st of that day. That will be the first day that the NFL, the WWE, as well as us will be promoted for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, as you'll see a lot of pink people in NFL games or other locations. So just bring that awareness that it is very real. Life does happen, and we just wish the best for everybody, regardless of the situations. That's right. And um, the good doctor is here today, Dr. M. What's going on, brother? should be here. I don't know if he's still having technology problems, but he should be here. Well, maybe the doc. It appears that the doctor is here, but he might be having some technical difficulties. So I encourage you, uh, the doctor, when in doubt, to speak, and we'll, we'll get you in there. Seems to be a little bit of technical issues there. But anyway, it's just another week of wrestling. Um, we just came off of um, the Clash of Champions uh, pay per view. Um, I don't think there was much surprise in, in the book and there. Um, not that we even had it on our agenda, but we can just go over real quick. You guys, were you satisfied? Or, you know, and, you know, speaking of that, I'm going to segue into uh, the city, city sellers questions <laughs> hashtag. But, but the bottom line is, were you satisfied after Sunday? You know, what, what, what was overall your expression like going into it? Like, I would, say, I would speak for me just to, to get into it. I thought I was done watching. I was just like, all right, well, you know, time for bed, whatever. And then I was like, raw. I was like, raw. Well, I, I don't really think there's much of a fallout from it right now. So I don't know. I'll just watch raw just to see, you know, just just for raw. Not not because I wanted to see, like, what's next. Like I'm usually in with pay reviews, but I don't know. I'm really having a hard time because, like, literally, this is why I put the question out. And I, honestly, I love wrestling. I love my network. But for the last two pay-per-views, I went to bed before the main event even happened because I had a feeling I already knew what the main event was going to be like. I had a feeling AJ Styles was going to win the belt. Um, 
at SmackDown's pay-per-view at Backlash, and I really thought that Kevin Owens was going to retain at, at the Clash of Champions. Of course, I didn't know how it was going to happen specifically, but it was like, man, am I watching this too much network? Is, is two pay-per-views a month too much? Maybe because I'm so into football and fantasy right now, it's like, oh, wow, I still have to put on a network for wrestling, too, for a pay-per-view. <laughs> it, it, it just made me think about, man, is it really too much wrestling right now where it's, like, too much to keep up with? Um, and, like, YouTube changed. I was like, whatever happens, I can always look at Bleach Report or some, some dirt sheets to see what happened, and, and I'll just pick up what the fallout is on Raw, and the fallout really doesn't add anything to what happened yesterday. So it's, it's really hard for me to say how effective the brand extension is when it regards to the pay-per-views. I really think maybe that these brand extensions probably should have alternating pay-per-views except for Survivor Series. So, for example, Backlash could be September, um, Clash of Champions could be October, and then both will have a pay-per-view in September. That way you can really maximize and build on storylines and maybe have these storylines intertwine with each other, but it, it just seems like there's a lot right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like, it, it just it was underwhelming to me. I, I didn't I didn't leave myself like. Uh, granted, there were some good matches. Yeah, sure. But it, it was underwhelming to me. I don't know. Like I said, I usually watch pay per views and and sequential to want to have the excitement to moving into Monday for Raw. But to, it was just like ah oh, whatever. But it's okay. I don't know. Dwayne, how I, I mean, how do you feel? Um, let's see. These pay-per-views, I mean, they're fairly predictable, which is not surprising because I don't think they'll, they would do anything out of the blue just yet. I mean, there is, this is basically their first pay-per-views. And I mean, I believe they've done a decent job as predictable as it was. Um... I've noticed during this brand extension is the rate of storytelling or storyline development hasn't been as as I thought it was going to be. And what I'm thinking, and a question I just have to ask myself uh, is: Is the same creative team working both shows? That's a good question. Because. Because that can be an issue right then and there and cause creative fatigue. Because I'm like, well, you have to worry about both shows. So I'm I'm not sure where this is going as far as storyline development. A lot of stories can a little are predictable, but some of them aren't. And it's some of them trying to figure out where they're going, and it's just like, thing this this. A lot of storylines are very stagnant. So it's just I'm trying to figure out where you're going. I mean. This Rusev Rain storyline, I don't know where you're going with that. Uh, it's kind of stagnant right now, whereas the, the Dolph Ziggler Miz storyline is progressing to what we saw last night. So it's it's good and bad, but that's, I really want to know is the same creative team working both shows, or have they split it up and half focus on one, half focus on the other? Yeah, I, I don't know. Right now, I, I, I've been kind of underwhelmed by Raw. First of all, the reason why Raw has been kind of kind of like whatever to me is basically all the topics we're going to go over. But the one thing that I, I didn't have down for tonight is that Raw 
the Braun Strowman enhancement matches was like cool at first, but now everybody getting enhancement matches, and it's just like okay, so now this is just like a because we don't have anything to do, we're just gonna introduce these random people for people to to wrestle against. But but then again, also what does that mean when you have random people show up on the roster to get squashed? Like, is that a form of a, a ten a ten day contract? You know, if that's the case, like. What are you What are you actually saying to me? Are you saying that you're trying to test somebody that you drafted? Are you trying to test one of these people to see if they deem are they worth to be on the main roster? If not, like why aren't you doing ten day contracts with NXT people? But again, as D Wayne would probably say, I'm thinking way too much about it. But but Celis, you could go ahead with your question. I mean, I, I know you kind of hinted at it in in your um. In, in your discussion earlier, but, you know, go ahead about it. Okay, so I'm, I'm pulling up right now so I can get the exact language of the question so I make sure I say it correctly. Um, and as I pull it up, my question is, how has the brand extension, oh, of course, pretty picture of us that blocked my, my reading of the question. How is the brand extension affecting your watching of the WWE pay-per-views? And once again, of course, $9.99 is a pay-per-view. I mean, excuse me, is the price of the WWE Network. So are you using that $9.99 as a way to say, okay, this is how much my pay-per-view, quote-unquote, would cost if it still came on, you know, cable TV. Do you not just get enough of it? Like, you love it? No difference for me. Like, you're just going to watch it as you normally will watch your content on the WWE Network. Or you can't keep up. And interestingly enough, out of 45, no, excuse me, out of 25 votes, uh, 44% of people said there's no difference, but 43% they can't keep up. So it's very interesting. Maybe, like I said, it's early on because it's football season that people – cannot keep up because literally my wife even told me this uh, the other day wow you really have to watch three days straight of wrestling four if you want to count nxt <laughs> just keep up with all the content you got sunday you got monday which is one brand tuesday which is another brand and wednesday which is your minor league brand like really it's a lot of wrestling that you have to devote to on a weekly basis um i wonder if she's saying that out of like dis disgust <laughs> or, or concern <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree though. You definitely gotta, you definitely gotta give wrestling a good four days of 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 your time in order to actually get the the gist of all their products and sometimes Absolutely. to even make storyline. But to to answer your question yourself, I, I I think it ain't I can't keep up, but it is starting to be like wow. I used to just, I used to kind of like have that one Sunday of the month of the month where I like try to make dinner or something early so I can prepare to watch, you know. But now it's just like two weeks, so like it's just like whatever. Now it just comes on, comes on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure if it wasn't for the promotion that they give, it would probably feel like this another episode of Raw SmackDown, you know. But yeah, oh my God, it's very true. But no, let's for let's get into some interesting topics now because we just babbling about anything. The cruiserweight classic was over. It's been about two weeks. Hold so on, now, hold on, hold on. before we get the topic, I can before I sit here right, real quick about how really, if I kept I'm not even pressed if I don't catch Raw. I'm not pressed if I don't catch SmackDown. It's it's a lot of stuff going on. And the thing is, what makes it worse is the simple fact that WWE is now fighting with fall premieres and everything, all shows are coming back on, you got football coming back on. I'm like, I'm more interested in fall premieres than 
Midwestern right now. There's so much going on. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. I, um... I mean... I don't know. It, it it is it is a lot, and and you're right, cause uh I I have to battle. First of all, after Raw was over, I didn't go right to bed because I wanted to see The Walking Dead, so I ended up having to stay up another hour to catch that, which I was struggling for life to do so. But it, it is it, it is gonna be a challenge now, considering that uh fall comes on and a lot of good television comes on between that bracket of um eight, nine, and ten on Sunday nights, considering Monday Night Football as well too. So um they need. Raw is probably going to have to step up their material a little bit better in order for it to be, like, really deemed to be watched. Because SmackDown, it's straight to the chase, and I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. But anyway, like I was going to say, it's been about two weeks since the Cruiserweight class has concluded, and now the Cruiserweights have now joined Raw. And basically, my question to everybody is, what is the state of the Cruiserweights now? Um... D-Wayne mentioned that he had a concern with de- with character development. Um, and maybe maybe my concern is just the adaptability to the crowd. Not that they're not not that they're not being uh showered by the full sale crowd. And, you know, is that gonna cause them to lose momentum or are they still you know, are they still gonna be something worth watching as the CWC was worth every penny of the WWE network? <laughs> So, in my opinion, it has to do with a couple of things. Um, the first thing it has to do with that the NXT is a very indies-driven crowd in which they literally study independent wrestling, understand who these characters are, understand what they can do. And by a crowd being so small, it's going to impact directly on the impact of how loud the acoustics are in the arena and how much, uh, I guess, um, impact that the fans can have on the type of wrestling matches they are. And even when you take that fan base and you make it a bigger venue like it was in Dallas, like it is in Brooklyn, you have all adult-based fans who are still indie fans that understand and, you know, study the religiousness of wrestling. So they know who Bobby Roode is. They know where these people come from. They know how much EY can do because they, they just go from brand to brand and can, like, relate to who they are. When they get to the mainstream of WWE, it's like they go into superhero world. And they need to find these superheroes like a John Cena where kids and fans can relate to. Even Roman Reigns, in a way, still fits that superhero mode where it's like sometimes he's a superhero or is he that superhero villain that all the people hate. It's like Wolverine when you think of uh, Roman Reigns because you've got a lot of people that love Wolverine and Hugh Jackman playing him and they got so many people that are tired of Wolverine movies and say he is not the only X-Men character. So it's so hard when you have to take these wrestlers who are coming from an independent heavy crowd to a fan base that's more family-oriented where people do not know how to react to them because they've never seen them before. I, I really think if you think about a 20,000 you know, crowd in attendance, maybe about 60% of them actually use the network and maybe the rest of 40% just see them because they're on TV every week and don't even think about the network. And I think that's very hard because it's not a direct correlation. We think of somebody like Tyler Breeze or even um, The Ascension. Those are two great characters that were great in NXT that just did not boil over to the main roster. I mean, even the bald villains. The bald villains were loved and hated when they were both heels and faces and had great matches at NXT, but they could not get over to the main roster. So it's a whole lot of concepts that need to be done in order to get that performance because it is not the same game when you go from NXT to WWE. 
I mean, I, I think I think that's been part of our discussion for a long time. But well, the one thing you haven't addressed is so what, what what needs to be done in order for this to be accepted? Um, that's a good question. Here's my thing. I'm, I have an issue. It's a lack of character development. Um, I don't think Kriv knows what to do with the Chris Wade division yet. It's kind of like, okay, well, let's just have these messages, but I'm not developing the character. Like, how can I be invested into TJ Perkins when it's just like WWE hasn't really invested in developing this character? I mean, to me right now, honestly, he's like a blind baby face. Well, wait, wait. Let me let me cut you off real quick. The the one thing that the one thing that we need to distinguish, or I think that what you're trying to say is when you say they haven't developed his character yet, that's because there's a clear cut on what's on TV and what's on the network. Because on the CWC, they totally developed him. But now you're just banking on what Michael Cole say as as far as now understand this guy. And then you you know, you do hear stuff about his background and then you hear some then you hear some things that may confuse you like um you hear that he was wrestling 616 and then you hear that he was homeless and the story from the cwc paints as if he's never had a chance but then he gets on raw and they say like well this is the first time he's ever only been in the in the wwe ring as if they're alluding to like he's been in other places so you, at first, you got a crowd sympathizing for him, saying like, "This is his big chance that he's never that he's only had." But then on Raw, it's just like, "Well, he he's had chances on other places, which is true, but this is his first time here." So what what I'm saying with that is, you you're gathering different affections from people that makes credibility a little bit off on a character. Yeah, but the thing is, and I hate to say this. The character that you develop in NXT or or on that network type of vibe show, not the character that matters when you get to that the mega on when you are consistently on the USA network or national TV. Very different. You know, for instance, I'm gonna give you an example. Back in the day, Big E had that five count. And he came on the main roster. I haven't never seen I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just like, so it's just like the 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 character development that you have on the network is two totally different things. And right now, and I hate to say this, the character that you have on the main show is what people's gonna go by. No, it, it no, that's definitely what matters because now you're in a whole nother hand of creative. But you, you know what? So, so, so that we, so that we keep this little more objective right now. Let's, let's just keep this on more of a positive note of the state of the CWC. Um, what, what wrestlers right now are you most intrigued with, and why? And um, my, my next question is, who you think will be the next cruiserweight uh, champion? Who, who would? Go ahead. Oh, my fault, I was gonna say I really like what they're doing with Rick Swan's character, and of course we're big advocates for Cedric Alexander. But I think uh, Swan just knows how to put himself out there because of his natural charisma that get a chance to to build himself to be a high character. I, the way I see Swan right now, without the dancing and anything like that, I could really really see him being like a Chris Jericho type 
where, like, literally, I laugh and mark out anytime I see somebody get put on the list. To me, when you see silly <laughs> stuff like that, it's so charismatic. Yeah. And it's so funny that it's, you just are entertained by it. But it's so silly. Yeah, I put you on the list. But just the way that Jericho put that out and had a sheet of paper on Finder that said the list on it. Yeah. You know, it, it's, 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 it's very creative. Let me ask you. And I see Swan doing that a little bit. Go ahead. You, you don't get a Disco Inferno feel from him? Not quite. I can see where you're going with that, but but not not it's, quite because his athleticism and what he does in the ring is still amazing to me. Okay, well then you do you get an Alex Wright feel from him then, who I who I felt was more athletic, and he's trained a couple of the people from the CWC, but who I felt was more athletic, but also came out with um basic ring attire, but was able to display. Um, his athletic abilities in the ring, but also able to captivate the crowd with his charisma and dancing ability. So you don't you don't get that kind of feel. That that's interesting because that is very good. Even though Alex was very tall in his days when he wrestled, you know that is a very similar style. Now that you mentioned that, um, and by him being a trainer, you know. You know, for the brand, it, that is very interesting. I, I can agree with that. Who do you think takes the CWC championship off TJ Perkins? Ryan Kendrick. Uh, yeah, I'm loving. Yeah, by, I would agree with that. I'm loving by Brian. <laughs> um, tongue tied. Brian Kendrick because <laughs> Brian Kendrick because everything about him is first of all he don't he's not following the wave of the, of the other uh, cruiserweights. Everybody else seems to just be like cutting dry promos to me. None of the tr- promos are really believable to me. Like they're just like whatever. They 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 might even be pre-recorded for all we know. Not like like live or something. But Brian Kendrick is a natural. Of course, he's the vet in the ring with the WWE. But um, you know, with his story being that his age and this is his you know could be his last chance. I'm glad he's not riding on that. He's riding like I'm here, so I'm about to make the best of it. You know what I mean? And he's he's working. He's he's doing good heel stuff, which is always good. And I don't know. I, I just like the fact that he's taking a different path than the other cruiserweights. Um, and that that also I feel like should be uh, the next cruiserweight champion because one, I feel like like we always say the. The faces should be chasing the heel. And I don't feel like there's no other true heels in the cruiserweights. Mm. D-Way? I, I, I agree. It's just, I, I'm going to say the Ryan Kendrick. I mean, it's, to me, his, and he's the, like I say, he is the vet of the group, but his character is, is kind of more um, further along in development than anyone else's that I've seen so far. And and I guess it's because he is the vet. But the thing is, that's what helps him. It helps people get more invested in him. So I can see that personally. And by him having the title, it will help the others develop character. That baby face that we, that we want so, so, want so bad. Well, they want so bad for TJ Perkins to be. It will help you develop a little bit more. It will help the others develop. So I can see it. I think the best thing for the division. I think TJ Perkins was a good pick winning the, the, the championship, but now that I look back about how they're being used, I think TJ Perkins' storyline about uh, more or less of the, you know, this is his chance. 
I think that fighting mentality, especially the match against Kota Ibushi, displays that should have been his character going into it. Always like that never ending, like never giving up type of per- character going into the main roster without the belt. I think I would have almost liked Brian Kendrick to have the belt right now and maybe TJ Perkins putting on maybe like a Koto ibushi type of match at Class of Champions, which would have set the tone pretty high for him, you know? That's what the story could have been telling, but I'm sorry, the only story that was told that night was Brian Kendrick's. Right. So, um, the other thing about it, too, that I think we, we need to emphasize is that Brian Kendrick is the, a WWE uh, veteran, but nobody else is a veteran. Everybody comes from some type of background where they commanded, um, where they, you know, they commanded attention for whatever promotion they was with to, to a high caliber. Um, and no matter what it was worth, I still don't think that coming to WWE should make you lose sight of who you've always been. I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm not going to say anybody in particular, but again, those raw promos on the last two weeks, just, this was just like, man, whatever, you know, it was, it, it did me as good as me watching the tap out commercials and wanting to go to the gym. Like, I'm not going to buy tap out because I see Seth, Seth Rollins working out. Like, it just was like, whatever. But when you see, like, Dolph Ziggler promo, which we'll get into about him saying he will retire, I was cooking. I was like, whoa, let me, let me. Let me uh take an hour on the TV real quick. Like, what's happening? And the Miz's promo coming in, too, saying he was back as the Cleveland kid. Like, that's good promo work. And again and again, I'm always going to loop back to this. If um Triple H, Shawn Michaels, William Regal, and Dusty Rhodes was all part of NXT and the Cruiserweight Classic, this new breed of talent coming in, will be on a whole nother level, dog. No question. Good points. Good points. But since we jumped about the Miz, since we jumped over to the Miz real quick, how good is the Miz? So let's go ahead. Talk talk my head off. <laughs> All uh Famer, and we were talking about this before we started recording, and Dr. M and I attended WrestleMania 27, our first WrestleManias, and I thought the package that they did for the Miz when he fought John Cena was a beautifully done package because it showed how far this guy came from the real world and wanted to be a wrestler to main event in WrestleMania. And I just thought just how, even how clowning they made The Miz look at first when he did his little uh, crowd questions, you know, promo things they used to do on the on the old, old versions of SmackDown to what he did with John Morrison and him being a great tag team. Like, literally, one of my favorite YouTube videos of all times is when him and Luke Gallows, when he was known as Festus then, was doing that little bell gimmick, so every time he hit the bell, he would go to this little monster mode and how to miss <laughs> I think that was like one of the funniest things that the Miz has ever done. That? And then when you take that to Miz being a great promo and in-ring talker and being great in selling matches, and not only can sell them, but can work in the ring with a wide range of people, he's great. And he's held every major title in the business. Oh. All right, let's see here. This was the NFL Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That this would not be a first ballot Hall of Famer, not be a second ballot. He, he might would be, be Marvin Harrison. He would be Marvin Harrison. He would be, be a fourth or fifth ballot. Matter of fact, I I would compare him to someone like Terrell Owens. Marvin good Harrison. enough, good enough 
Foolishness. Foolishness. Drop the mic. Drop the Time out, time out. No, I got a quick a quick fire question to go around real quick. Name the top three relevant storylines affiliated with what belt right now in order from, from the best being number one to three. I would say right now the best honestly is AJ John Cena and, and Dean Ambrose on the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I would say the second would probably be the Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, uh, and then the third would be the Miz. With the IC title, and honestly, that's how you want it because those are your top three belts. It should be in that order of relevancy. And when you have people who are your belt holders, 
are making the storyline great, you have great entertainment. But that also mentions, as you earlier said to James, SmackDown has the two two of the three top uh, title feuds right now, so that makes it great. So, and I completely agree with you. Like, as far as storyline wise, yes. As far as time invested, I mean, everyone knows right now the the newest title gets the most time out of every every title that that's on right now, and it's because of who has it. So it's <laughs> it's, and I hate to say this, but it's it's not for real. Honestly, that whole feud is not entertaining to me anymore. At first, I'm just okay. Let's see how it goes. But after a while, it's like, okay, well, when is it really going to be a legit match? Is it going to be a legit match once they get held? Like, it's just that. So I'm waiting to see that. It's not entertaining to me. And I and I don't even I don't even agree with y'all. First of all, the eight the um the world the uh the world heavyweight championship on SmackDown is the is the best storyline. The Miz and Dolph Ziggler is a close number two for me, and the close number three right after that is the um is the women's is the Raw's women's championship. Considering the fact. No, because the fact that the fact that Seth Rollins' injury is a big question mark right now, and then Jer- Jericho happens to be the best thing in that storyline, and not even in contention for the title, is 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 is, is a little bit beyond me. Matter of fact, why is Izzo and Cass ending the show against a tag team against uh sweatpants and leather leather leggings, Chris Jericho? At the end of the show, it makes no sense to me. No, yeah, no, they do. The, the the Miz and Dolph Ziggler, you just gave credit to, said it made sense. I said, I said, I said a lot of stories. I didn't say those two, those first two that you mentioned. Are you hitting on the Hall of Famer? <laughs> I'm sorry, the Miz, right? The, 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 the Miz got another good ten years on him. The Miz can the talk his, his ASS off, and I agree with you all. He's entertained. Um, like I said, if he was, if this was the NFL Hall of Fame, he wouldn't be a first ballot. He wouldn't be a second ballot, maybe third or fourth. No, Time out, dog. It's the truth. Time out, dog. You just. It's the truth, and I hate to say that. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. He is the Roddy Roddy Piper of this generation of wrestling. Ooh. And I just, I just, and I'm being a world title, which Roddy never had. I, I'm, Ooh, I'm drop, drop the mic. Hey, I'm not. There's no mic dropping. I'm comparing this to if that if you had standards. If there's any Hall of Fame that don't have standards, we know that. Okay, it's, all right, real quick. What would be your top three standards of the Hall of Fame? I bet you the men's has it. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before he answer that, let me let me ask let me ask y'all both a question real quick. This this just the there there is discrepancy on the man's character. There's no question that he's 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 good in the ring. There's no question that he has the durability, and there's no question that he's good on the mic. So if everything about him being a wrestler is good, if everything was good about him being a reality star, the only thing that must be a question is his real is, is his real life. So with that being said, do y'all do y'all feel this this there needs to be improvement on his celebrity? Like does he does he need to get in the mainstream movie? Does he need to make wishes? Like what is it about it that's in question? Because everything else about him indicates that he has enough another ten years. He he has potential to lead the company for a while. 
And he definitely he definitely is a Hall of Famer. The only thing that made that is to hold I think but here's my thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know once I said he's not a Hall of Famer. All I said was if this was kind of like an NFL Hall of Famer, he wouldn't be a first or second ballot Hall of Famer. That's this, what I'm saying. There's no way. Mr. There's no standards. way. Mr. Three Standards. There's no Mr. way. Three standards. I'm telling you, it's a lot of people that meet. Let's just show you There's a lot of people that meet the NFL standards but aren't first or second ballot Hall of Famers. Time out. Time out. So by by WWE standards, there's no reason why he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer because one. He's never no. he's never junk companies. I, I he's just, never dropped. I just, here's my thing. I never. Not once have I said he's not a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Never All I'm saying okay. is, that if, all I'm saying is, if he's not a Hall of Famer, he wouldn't be a first or second ballot Hall of Famer. And what I and what I'm saying. Who's the Hall of Famer right now? Roman Reigns or The Miz? You said who's the first ballot? No, who's closer to a first ballot Hall of Fame? Roman Reigns or The Miz as of right now? As of right now? Yes. I mean, of course the Miz, but he's been okay, in the game. Okay. He's been in the game. Okay. Yeah, you just making sure he wasn't fanboying. When it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, it's going to be Roman Reigns. We know that. Uh, okay. First of all, the reason why you say that is because, one, you're a fanboy, two, because he has Vince's support. But Vince won't be a factor in the next 10 years. I'm sorry. I don't I don't have much I don't have much faith that Vince is going to be a factor in, in character development. So that goes that goes to say that Roman Reigns' character will be in jeopardy. But, but, here's, but here's my thing. Vince is going to be in charge until he dies. So you better hope he dies within the next two years. Vince, you know, you cool with that, you being a Jerry Jones guy. You are very cool with that. And I, I, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. Vince's ego is like Jerry Jones' ego. It's not going to change unless they die. Okay, so so my, to WWE standards again, when when somebody's eligible for the Hall of Fame and the rumors get the twirling on it online, who they think is who they suspect is going to be in in it, and then that person doesn't make the ballot that year. I forgot who was under question this year, but um, you know, by all indications, people start suspecting certain people, and then they don't end up being there that year. That's my definition of who was the first ballot, vice versa, who isn't. When it's that person that you be like, oh, he's definitely there, and then they end up being there, or it's that person that be like, oh, I heard blah 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 is gonna be there because they're in that hometown, they're on the, they're on WWE 2K, and then they don't be on it. So that makes them a second ballot the next year. So my question is, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. let me finish, let me finish. When 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 the Miz is eligible, his first year, will he be? A Hall of Famer. And here's the thing. And here's the thing I have an issue with. When is eligibility? When do you become eligible for the WWE Hall of Fame? I'm not. I'm not sure of that, but the, I know the information is out there. And that's the thing. Like the 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 lines are so blurred of how to get into the WWE Hall of Fame. Just like okay, well, where where does it state that you have to do this or that? It's like it's nothing that states it. Yeah. It's yeah. Just a, I, I, I definitely get you. I, I I could be wrong, but I thought the information is like concrete out there on what makes somebody eligible. However, to a fan to fan to fan viewership, now it seems to come with sort of say controversy, conveniency, and the hometown. So so you know if the Hall of Fame is going to be in Minneapolis ten years from now. 
we're like, oh, we, there's no question. Brock Lesnar, he, he should be there. This is hometown. You know, so that's how we kind of that's how we kind of work on it. So, but you're right. But I'm just saying what I'm what I'm saying is once the rumor starts, you know, surrounding where it's going to be at and, you know, who's who's sort of say eligible by whatever the code is. If they're not there that first year, then, you know, then I consider them to be second ballot since they didn't make it the first year. They should have been eligible. And on the contrary, too. The other thing is people who also um, are have to retire by injury. That's by definition gives you the extent of who's the first ballot, who's the second ballot. If I don't know if Daniel Bryan, well, Daniel Bryan ha has just retired last year or this year. I forget how fast it was. If he was eligible, which I would think would have to be five years, but because it was an emergency. Uh, um, since it was an emergency retirement, if Daniel Bryant was eligible next year, is Daniel Bryant eligible? I mean, would Daniel Bryant be a first ballot? Like that, you know what I'm saying? I I, I think we kind of like, we agree with our points, but there's like a, so much unknown, we don't really know to go in the direction of the conversation. Yeah, so it's, that's, that's my thing. It's just like, I don't know what they, I feel like they judge it based on, okay, well, let's work out some bills. Who can we get it? Who can we not get it? And it's just like, or who's the hometown? Like you said, the hometown. It's just like, I don't know. You know, like, let's just, let's just say the best retires, he's gone for a few years. And, you know, he's, he, I guess he's eligible for Hall of Fame, but it's not in his hometown. Well, what? Does he get in? It's, it's just like, I don't know what they judge it on. Yeah. I, 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 you know, here's 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 how I'm in in this conversation, fans. If you know more information, and of course I'm gonna do some research at this as well too. If you know any more information about the qualifications for the WWE Hall of Fame, definitely reach out to us. We're gonna come back on this conversation as well too, because not only just the Miz is the person in question, but now we we, we with so many injuries, now we start thinking about people that may be forced to emergency retire, and what would be the chances that they are a Hall of Famer? Such as a Finn Balor. If Finn Balor had to retire because it's, because of the extent of his injury, would he be a Hall of Famer? That is going to be interesting. But um, before we close off the, co the, the conversation tonight, um, as we reach our hour, um, I just I just want to know, but between me and uh, D-Wayne right now, who's left, um, Mr. Silly Sellers had to jet off real quick. Um, anybody that's been a sports fan of the NFL and now of other sports, um, there's been a lot of discussion about um, athletes' view and their beliefs and, and, and basically the political stance in basically the state of the United States and are doing different things and protesting in a manner in, in, in order to express that. And um, my question right now is, should WWE superstars also be able to, or should they express their beliefs? Should they do something in order to, um, you know, let their beliefs and let their stance be, be shown? And that's even for, you know, superstars who are, um, American and also uh, uh, ones of other countries who just wants to be heard. But do you think that the WWE superstars should do this? 
Um, man, that's a that's a tough question. Uh, see, and the issue that I feel like the management of WWE has a tighter control on things, which means that more repercussions can probably happen if they were to do something that's type of nature. I mean, personally, I say yes, because honestly, the wrestling WWE is one, probably one of the most stereotypical minority insulting um, entertainment. For instance, I mean, if you are a wrestling minority um, background, you're guaranteed to have a very Um, a very you... stereotypical character. Mm-hmm. For instance, me, an African American, African American, you know, smiling all the time, dancing, it's the new day. Smiling all the time, dancing, basically acting for better, for worse, ignorant, stereotypical. When we had primetime players, African-American, what were they about? Money, millions of dollars, stereotypical. Uh, oh, J2G part two. Uh-huh, we had primetime, stereotypical. I mean, Primetime. Hold on, were they primetime or primetime? Primetime. Ho- Lord help us. <laughs> you know, it's very typical to, to African-Americans, and it's, you know, you think, no, let's not get into the, the whole... Hispanic. Uh, I mean, it's it's you get these stereotypes that are very, very can be very, very insulting if they were taken away. I mean, some people see us entertainment. Sometimes I'm just like, we deserve people of minority background deserve better characters than sometimes the WWE gives. We don't have to be the stereotype all the time. We can. We can do the stuff that the predominantly, I you say it's predominantly Caucasian, people can do. We can have that character. But they don't want us to give us that. And, and it goes into the, when is the last time that a, uh, a minority really held the championship? I mean, yeah, Al Marcia Del Rio. Okay, that's one. But who else? We have Booger T. Maybe one of the only African Americans that ever held the, a main title, and it's, it's an issue. It really is an issue. And while you, while management doesn't see it, it's out there. It's very evident. A few weeks ago, about the about minorities and the and the characters that they have in. It's it's an issue. WWE needs to address it because, like I said, we we view this as an entertainment. But after a while, it's just like, okay, well, you're going to get those questions. Okay, well, why aren't more minorities in at title ways that I actually last or or in something that matters? Why don't why is that African American man dancing around gyrating? You know, being happy, you know what I'm saying? Like, it can be a buffoonery. So it's just, it's, it's a very sensitive subject. A lot of, we don't want to get into that because it's entertainment, it's, it's wrestling, we're not trying to, but in reality, 
That's the nature of the business. Now, now I'm going to take a, a, a little bit of a different stance on this. But um, nonetheless, it is a sensitive subject. Um, the reason why it's sensitive isn't because um, people are scared to talk about it and express it. Because that by no means is sensitive. Um, social media has made a lot of the events very public and very accessible for people to view. The reason why it's sensitive is because of when people make political stances, it also it also um, is representation for the things that they represent, including sponsors. But in this case, include includes the WWE. People of higher statues um, have bigger voices, which means that their voices can, can both be positive and negative. Positive because of what they say can mean a lot. Negative because if it's not what majority of people agree with, can impact the company. But the bottom line is, there's always means to express how you feel in a quiet sense of protest or sort of say an extent to let people know how you feel about certain things. The one reason why I really feel like well, the one reason at first I felt like the WWE superstar shouldn't um, shouldn't take a stance in this is because of the misconception of who somebody really is out, outside of their character and vice versa. But on the contrary, commentary always relates to social topics and and it comes to segues into things they say. Like, JBL is always infamous about plugging in something else that, that has happened. If it ain't politics, it ain't different sports, or just whatever broke the internet that day. So, in, a, in an extent, there could be ways that this could be done. But yet, I feel like when you have such a company as WWE, it needs to be a little bit more strategical instead of a... a, a an extent and a chance such as what Colin Kaepernick did where he said I'm going out on the limb to do this because I feel like this is right despite what repercussions it made and you know for him to do that I think that's big on his on his behalf but I just don't think it, it can work in every sport um Adam Jones has made controversial remarks in um Major League Baseball and there seems to be mixed reactions with that Greg Popovich has made, as a Hall of Famer coach, has made controversial statements in the NBA where there's controversial remarks. But again, it just all remember it's all part of your statue. Where Adam Jones felt like um, he's not he's not at leisure to make a comment to make to make a protest for whatever his reasons may be. Greg Popovich. Nobody's going to touch a Hall of Famer because they already know he's, you know, he's the man. So he's able to do certain things. Bottom line is, you know, if there was a, if there was a way, if the WWE wanted, there could be a way that they can structurally um, speak out or allow people to to go about um, voicing their opinion. Although this is a major thing that's been happening in the nation right now, another major thing that was happening a couple of months ago was cyberbullying, where they made an extent to verbally tell how they felt about that. And, you know, like again, if they wanted to take a platform to do so, they could. And not everything that's and not everything that's shown on TV has to be displayed. Number one, there's house shows, there's media control, there's ways they can do it if they wanted to do it, bottom line. But oh, yeah. 
I, I agree with you. Like with with, with, with mm-hmm. WWE, we have to be strategic. But the here's the issue that I have, and and now, now that I hear you talk about the simple fact that we point out that they had an issue, a big thing with cyberbullying bullying and stuff like that. Well, this is probably one of the biggest issues, if not maybe a little bigger than cyberbullying, but you haven't heard nothing. So my issue is that you didn't really care. I mean, in the NFL, I I I believe that players have more powers than wrestlers in the WWE, so they can be able to take certain stances and to do stuff because they do have that power. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, you just you get mixed reviews. But let's let's face it. If you really want to look into the NFL and look at the structure of how it is, it's very 19, I mean, sorry, very 1800s-ish. We have a lot of PW owners and a lot of minority players. Yep. So I, it's, I, I, it's, I would... It's a very sensitive subject that, I mean... If you talk about it, you do, you don't, you do. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have mixed abuse either way. I will say this though, with LeBron James making a statement today opens the door for absolutely anybody in the entire world to say how they feel. LeBron James is arguably the biggest sports star in any sport, if not top three. I mean, because considering um um some of the soccer players who are, who are well known, but um, LeBron definitely with him making a statement today. And I'm not saying, and, and again, I'm not saying making a statement in his views or a statement to protesting, but being able to address saying that this is reality, this is my stance on it, that's it. Because that's that's what that's what that's what the world is now. Everybody is driven to media for big media figures to make statements. You know, anytime something happens in the world, people call for the president to make a statement. And all I'm all I'm saying is in parallels that some of these superstars have a big platform in the stage in order to do so if they wanted to do. But the question at hand, so you know, so that we're totally clear here was that do did you feel that um WWE superstars should speak out or should be able to speak out? So yeah. But and they shouldn't. It's just it's a, like I said, the way the company is is two totally different things. Um Yeah. And then they're playing your character. Yeah. And that and, and and we're not by no means losing sight of that. Like I like I said, we understand that there's characters involved and we understand that there's real people behind those characters and by all means if you know, they have different platforms and ways to do so. Just wondering if they will, if if someone, if somebody will make a, more of an effort to say so. But you know, I guess I and I, I can't I can't force this on anybody. But maybe people only speak up when they're affected by it. You saw Heath Sather when um the incident in West Virginia. He didn't he didn't even I mean his character online didn't have a job. He was a free agent. And we know that he wasn't very popular at the moment, probably in jeopardy, not even having a job for all we know. But he didn't care. He spoke up. He used his Twitter. He used his official Twitter, which is, you know, governed maybe by the WWE. He spoke up and he let it be known. He opened up um, 
a GoFundMe. He had other wrestlers support him. Whatever it may be. But anyway, I want to get off the topic of that so we can close out for the show. Um, when we get back with you next week, uh, unless we have a weekend episode, if, if, if Aaron's able to uh, allude some time to the side, um, we just we just want to take a look at some some of the unfinished storylines that's you know that's kind of been projected but maybe never any indication of what's going to happen to it. Um, two that comes to mind is the Wyatt family and Xavier Woods like antics as if he was scared of Bray Wyatt like that never captivated to anything. And how about Brock Lesnar F five and Shane McMahon that also never amounted to anything. So just a couple of things to think about. And um, also, just the, the state of the Universal Championship. That storyline, I'm not really intrigued by it. But, you know, if that's supposed to be your premier belt, why is there so much confusion on the storyline? It should be transparent, just like the SmackDown Championship is. But, you know, that's just my two cents. But anyway, we'll get, if, if, there's nothing, if there's nothing to be put out this weekend, each and every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, we'll get back to you. And um, hope to hear from you.